0: Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hello, welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z, July 6th, 2022. A whole lot to talk about today. Blaze TV has a hot mic where Biden turns into an absolute hot mess and a bowl of jello when he's fact checked in real time on his criminal, cocaine addled son, Hunter Biden. This is good stuff. This is this is must hear TV that we're going to play on must hear radio. Well,
1: uh, President Biden on the coronavirus, uh, we're uh, tragically approaching nearly 1 million Americans who died. Um, and I'd like to ask you um, why it is during your three and a half hour virtual summit in November with the Chinese president, you didn't press for transparency, and also whether that has anything to do with your son's involvement in an investment firm controlled by Chinese state-owned entities.
2: The answer is that we did. I did raise the question of transparency. I spent a lot of time with him, and he, uh, the fact is that they're just not—they're just not being transparent.
1: Transparency on the coronavirus origins. Yes. And it, you did during yeah. the virtual summit. Is there a reason your press staff was unaware of that? And what did you say to well, the Chinese president? And they weren't with me the
2: entire time. Look, I made it clear that I thought that China had an obligation to be more forthcoming on exactly what the source of the virus was and where it came from. Yes.
0: Mr. President, I would like to ask you about foreign policy. One of the first priority uh, that you declared when you came to office was to end the war in Yemen, the catastrophic war in Yemen. Uh, You appointed a special envoy. Today, one of your allies, United Arab Emirates,
3: is asking your administration to put back the Houthi rebels or militias back on the terror list. Are you going to do that? And how are you going to end the war in
0: Yemen, sir?
2: The answer is uh, it's under consideration, and ending the war in Yemen takes the two parties to be involved to do it, and uh, it's going to be very difficult. What? Yes.
1: Thank you very much for this honor, James Rosen with Newsmax. I'd like to, um, I'd like to raise a delicate subject, uh, but with utmost respect for your life accomplishments and the high office you hold. A poll released this morning by Politico Morning Consult found 49% of registered voters disagreeing with the statement, Joe Biden is mentally fit. <laughs> well, Not even a majority of Democrats who responded uh, strongly affirmed that statement.
2: Well, I'll let you all make the judgment whether they're correct.
1: Thank well, so you. the question I have for you, sir, if you'd let me finish, is why do you suppose such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness? Thank you. I have no idea. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs> I have no idea. Because I have
3: no idea. Uh, thanks, Mr. President. I appreciate it. Um, I, I wanted to sort of address uh, or ask about attention that' that's sort of been in this, in this press conference on unifying the country. Because you campaigned on two things. One of them is being able to accomplish big things. And the other is the ability to unify the country. And even today, you've talked about sort of a different posture with Republicans. And I, I wonder if, if you still think it's possible to do both of those things.
2: We have to. I have to. I mean, I'm not as long as I hold public office, I'm going to continue to attempt to do both things.
3: One more follow up. Um, around this time last year, when you were campaigning in Georgia, I think one of the things you told people was the power is literally in your hands. You know, if, if if voters give Democrats the House and the Senate and and the presidency, that all these big things can get accomplished. And you know, we've seen stalemate. We've seen things being stymied. Um, why should folks believe you this time around?
2: Can you think of any other presidents done as much in one year?
0: Absolutely. Donald Trump did more in one year than you've done in your entire 48-year political history. But let me let you finish, Mr. President.
3: I'm asking you.
2: <laughs> I'm serious. You guys talk about how nothing's happened.
0: Nothing has happened. Nothing good. I
2: don't think there's been much on any incoming president's plate that's been a bigger menu than the plate I had given to me. I'm not complaining, do that running in. And the fact of the matter is we got an awful lot done. Like what? An awful lot done.
0: What, what have you gotten done?
2: And there's more to get done. But look, let's, let me ask a rhetorical question.
0: No I won't, anyway. What an idiot. So let me ask a rhetorical question and then he looks kind of dumbfounded. Oh Christ, what have I gotten myself into? I don't have a rhetorical question to ask. But Joe Biden loves to tout all of his so-called accomplishments, and he does so on late-night talk shows and comedy shows like like James Corden and Stephen Colbert, as if anybody of any importance listens to those shows anyhow. According to Camera One, Biden offered to helicopter Paris Hilton to Britney's wedding so she, Paris Hilton, could DJ at the White House. On a recent edition of Jimmy Kimmel Live... Chelsea Handler, I guess, was sitting in for Kimmel. The question of Paris Hilton's popularity with the president, probably because she looks like she's a 12-year-old girl. Paris Hilton tells Chelsea Handler that she was asked by the president and the staff, could you please come and be a DJ at the White House summit dinner party after that summit overseas? And Paris Hilton says, oh, I'm sorry, it's on the same night as Britney Spears' wedding, and Britney's been through so much over the last 13 years, and she finally got her freedom, and she invited me to her party, and so, no, I'm going to have to respectfully decline your offer to DJ at the White House. As if Paris Hilton is some famous DJ, she's not. The White House team then offered to helicopter Paris Hilton back and forth between Britney Spears' wedding in one part of the country and the White House, So Paris Hilton could DJ? That is what your tax dollars get wasted on. Not just that event, but many events just like it when Democrats are in charge. You remember all the swanky dinner parties that were thrown at your taxpayer expense when Barack Hussein Obama was president? When Hillary, I mean Bill Clinton, was president? You remember? At least when Trump threw a party, it was on Trump's dime. It didn't come out of the taxpayers' dollars. Change gears here for just a moment. ESPN's most woke moments from America bashing on July 4th to downplaying genocide in China. Brian Flood wrote, liberal politics were front and center at ESPN on July 4th when it published an article bashing America in the most recent example of what critics believe is a woke agenda infiltrating the sports only network. Many Americans rely on sports to unwind and to escape from the polarized world that exists in their day-to-day lives. But ESPN, I believe owned by Disney, and that could explain a lot, has been accused of injecting its content with liberal politics. They've been doing this for years. ESPN's president, Jimmy Pitaro, landed the top job at the Disney-owned network shortly after his far-left predecessor, John Skipper, shocked the media world by resigning in late 2017 when a drug dealer attempted to extort him and out him. The Skipper era saw ESPN take a dramatic turn to the left, and the network was accused of spending too much time glorifying Colin Kaepernick's national anthem protests and for spouting far left thinking points. Liberal voices were rewarded with high profile gigs, while conservative personalities like Kurt Schilling were shown the door. You might recall Kurt Schilling was fired in 2016 after he shared a Facebook post regarding a North Carolina law that banned transgender people from using specific bathrooms. Patero encouraged ESPN talent to pivot away from political rhetoric that plagued the network during Skipper's tenure, but a variety of racial and political topics have been taking the center stage and sports fans are continuously being inundated with political messages on that network. The heart attack and drug overdose death that was misclassified as a murder of the criminal thug animal George Floyd was covered at length by a sports network. Conservative Major League Baseball players have been criticized for their religious views. And ESPN even held a moment of silence to protest Florida's parental rights and education bill. Things were no different when ESPN shocked readers this week by celebrating Independence Day with a column headlined, quote, baseball, barbecue, and losing freedom on this 4th of July, ESPN's senior writer Howard Bryant wrote a lengthy piece bashing America for a variety of things, including 20 years of military tributes and unquestioned nationalism that have emerged since the September 11th attacks. There was an article written that America is currently tearing itself completely apart because of the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. They also declared the American flag has been co-opted by white nationalism groups. The ESPN columnists also touched on the January 6th hearings referring to women as the people who can become pregnant instead of women. They praised Colin Kaepernick throughout the column that OutKick founder Clay Travis called a perfect distillation of everything wrong with sports in America. Some other noteworthy moments that ESPN has embarrassed themselves with in recent memories Five Tampa Bay Rays players declined to wear an LGBTQIA logo on their uniforms last month because of religious beliefs. ESPN's Sarah Spain labeled them as bigots over their decision, not their freedom of expression. You see, on one hand, they praise Colin Kaepernick for kneeling and spitting on the flag. But you're a bigot if you don't want to wear a pro-gay, pro-transgender logo on your stupid uniform. And in a bit of poor acting, ESPN host Malika Andrews became emotional on the air last month after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. The decision came on the heels of the 50th anniversary of Title IX, which prohibits sex-based discrimination in schools that received federal funding. Ms. Andrews said, Today the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, declaring that constitutional right to abortion upheld for nearly half a century no longer exists. In less than 24 hours, we celebrated equal rights for women. And now we react to women's reproductive rights being taken away, unquote. There was never a constitutional right to murder babies in the womb. The more the liberal left progressive Democrat supporters out there keep pushing this lie upon the American people that somehow the right to murder babies was taken away, that right was never, ever granted in the U.S. Constitution. ESPN host Elle Duncan recorded a segment earlier this month that she asked producers to not put on television. Only post this online because she doesn't want bad faith characters to attack the network for her thoughts. She urged fathers to speak up so their daughters can have abortions. Hey honey, come on in. Let's have a talk. What's bothering you, kiddo? I see you've been eating a lot lately and throwing up a bunch. Are you one of those bulimics? No dad, I just got knocked up by my boyfriend and he's broke and he's a loser and I really don't want a kid because I want to still go out and be, you know, like a party animal. So I was thinking dad, if I could just run down to the abortion clinic and get the federal government to fund Control Zing my pregnancy, you know, just ripping that baby out of my womb and killing it, then I can go out and party and have sex again with other losers. Okay honey, ESPN, since I'm such a big sports fan, thinks that I ought to speak up so that you can have that abortion. Let's go on down right now and join a protest. In response to the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade, Ms. Duncan criticized fathers who use the hashtag #girldad to promote innocent things such as photos on social media. But those same fathers don't speak up when women are stripped of their so-called constitutional rights to murder a baby. She said, quote, I want the dads watching to ask themselves a really honest question right now, and I mean that. How does that sentiment of being a hashtag girl dad evolve beyond superficial social media posts into actual advocacy? Are you carrying the same pride for your daughters into bedrooms, boardrooms, locker rooms, courtrooms? Are you doing everything in your power to protect their rights? Do you trust them to make difficult decisions for themselves and their bodies? Should they be given full agency over their own lives? Can you confidently state? to the women in your lives, that you've used your power and privilege as men to for their betterment, that you've done all you can to ensure at the very least that they have the same rights afforded to decade of women before them, I'm going to keep speaking up even when it is uncomfortable. You know what? Screw you and ESPN. I haven't watched ESPN in, oh my God, it's been years I refuse to. ESPN broadcasters Carolyn Peck and Courtney Lyle went silent during the women's NCAA women's basketball broadcast in March to protest against Florida's parental rights bill. Normally at this time, we would take a look back at the first half, the women said. But there are things bigger than basketball that need to be addressed at this time. Wrong. Your job is a sports commentator. Do your job or freaking resign. Put a dude on there that can talk about basketball. Put a woman on there that wants to do the job of talking about basketball that is what you were hired for. You were not hired to express your stupid opinion on transgenderism, homosexuality, gay rights, abortion, etc. If we wanted to hire you to do that, you'd be on a lousy network like CNN, MSNBC. But instead, you are being paid to talk about basketball. These women continued. Our friends, our family, our coworkers, the players and coaches in our community are hurting right now. Our LGBTQIA teammates at Disney asked for our solidarity and our support, including our company's support in opposite to the parental rights education bill in the state of Florida and similar legislation across the United States. Then Ms. Peck said, the threat to any rights is a threat to all human rights, and at this time, Courtney and I are going to take a pause from our broadcast to show our love and support for our friends, our families, and our colleagues. And then they sat there, like two vapid, vacuum-brained idiots for two minutes, even while the game continued to be played. Even Sports Center host Sage Steele is suing ESPN for allegedly violating her free speech rights but the Disney-owned network filed a motion to dismiss her claims last month. She claims ESPN breached her contract over its reaction to remarks she made during a 2021 September podcast interview, where she spoke out against Disney's vaccine mandate and swiped former President Barack Hussein Obama for identifying as black instead of biracial. He is half white, after all. She accused ESPN of selective enforcement of its policy that bars news employees from commenting on politics and social issues. And the motion that ESPN filed to dismiss has not been decided. Of course, ESPN was accused of spreading misinformation last year after sharing a clip from a TV special about NASCAR driver, the liar, Bubba Wallace, who made national headlines in June 2020 after he lied and claimed that someone hung a noose in his garage at Talladega. Days later, the FBI took resources of your tax dollars, multiple agents, hundreds and hundreds of man hours, of FBI investigators. They concluded the rope attached to the garage door had been there since at least October of 2019 and that nobody could have known that Wallace, who was half black, would be assigned that specific garage to hang a noose. And that was no noose. And as I reported here on the Truth Hurts program, no noose is good news. ESPN shared a clip from Fistful of Steel in a 2021 tweet that fueled the already debunked narrative this is what ESPN tweeted, quote, Last year, a noose was found in Bubba Wallace's stall at Talladega Super Speedway. The next day, the NASCAR community stood with him in unity. Tweet continues with a quote, supposedly, from Wallace in an interview, quote, I was like, holy shit, it's the whole garage. That's when I lost it, unquote. The dramatic clip, which was dominated with melodramatic music, includes interviews from NASCAR's Jimmy Johnson, Steve Phelps, and even Bubba Wallace's mother, Desiree marveling at the unity that occurred within the sport after the noose claim drew national attention. The clip shared on Twitter made no mention that Wallace's claim was debunked was an out-and-out outright lie and that he was just trying to pull a Jussie Smollett. Jameel Hill famously called President Trump, quote, a white supremacist on Twitter in 2017. Nothing was done to Jameel Hill. At the time, Hill was one of ESPN's largest stars, and boasted hosting flagship sports center. She called Trump a bigot. She said he was unqualified and unfit to be president. Her comments caught the attention of the White House press secretary, who said that should be a fireable offense. ESPN declined to punish Hill for the anti-Trump tweets. Later, they sidelined her for two weeks because supposedly she violated the company's social media guidelines by calling on Dallas Cowboys fans to boycott the team because Jerry Jones told players they would be benched if they did not stand up during the national anthem. My whole point here, folks, is ESPN picks and chooses what they want from a political standpoint. So simply boycott the network. Do like everyone is doing against CNN. Simply don't watch. Pick up the phone. Call their advertisers. Tell them you disagree. Tell them you're going to boycott the shampoo or the dog food or the whatever it is they're advertising on CNN these days. Do the same thing to ESPN. If you want to see sports in its truest, purest form, go down to your local ball field. Go down to your local gymnasium. Watch the peewee football kids or the t-ball kids. They are playing because they enjoy the sport. They're not playing so that they can find some way onto some political soapbox to register their opinion in a format that has absolutely nothing to do with the sport. That they are supposedly being paid to play that my friends is the truth and unfortunately for sports fans we have not many options and we have to deal with the woke progressive liberal media interjecting politics into every sporting event that we enjoy watching the hill writes green new deal r.i.p Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to pay our final respects to the Green New Deal. We had such high hopes for it. Hope that it would save our economy. Hope that it would save our planet. And most of all, hope that it would save the Democrat Party from the coming November Red Tsunami. So what killed the Green New Deal? First, high gasoline and diesel prices. You see, one of the necessary ingredients for the Green New Deal was high gasoline prices. We need those high gasoline prices to push millions of reluctant Americans to embrace electric vehicles. That was the whole game plan. Raise those gasoline and diesel prices so high that people will rush down to the dealerships and find a bunch of electric cars to buy. Actually, the Democrats need high prices on all fossil fuels to make taxpayer-subsidized renewable energy look somewhat competitive. When we surveyed the public throughout the years, 44 percent in 2018 said they would be willing to pay somewhat higher gasoline prices to fight climate change. So the Democrats thought the recent jump in gasoline prices would be, if not welcomed, at least tolerated, but the Democrats were of course dead wrong. It turns out that high gasoline prices hit low-income families the hardest. Duh! The very people that progressives claimed to want to help And those high gasoline prices have enraged most voters on all sides of the political spectrum. Republicans, Democrats, and of course, independents are all pissed. It appears the angry public will likely take its revenge out on Democrats at the polls in November. And why shouldn't they? The Supreme Court of the United States has done as much as high gasoline prices to undermine the Green New Deal agenda. One of the great ironies or hypocrisies of our time is that when the Democrats complained about the looming threat to our democracy, they relied on unelected bureaucrats and federal judges and Supreme Court justices to implement and sustain the environmental agenda. They knew it would be difficult to get the Green New Deal through Congress, even with Democrat majorities in both the House and the Senate and Democrats in the White House, especially since they included so many items that are not related to the environment like increases in the minimum wage and so-called social justice and equity demands. But the Democrats thought they could still depend on federal agencies and the Supreme Court to impose what Congress just couldn't pass. For years, it seemed the Supreme Court was willing to interpret the law favorably for the Democrats. But that era is done. The sixth justice majority in the West Virginia versus EPA decision made that crystal clear. In the Supreme Court's opinion, Chief Justice Roberts wrote, "...capping carbon dioxide emissions at a level that will force a nationwide transition away from the use of coal to generate electricity may be a sensible solution to the crisis of the day. But it is not plausible that Congress give EPA the authority to adopt on its own such a regulatory scheme." In his concurring opinion, Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote, again, in observing this much, the court does not purport to pass on the wisdom of the agency's course. It acknowledges only that agency officials have sought to resolve a major policy question without clear legislative authorization to do so. The point, dearly beloved, is, that if you want sweeping environmental reforms you will have to turn to your democratically elected representatives in Congress or at least at your local state legislatures to get them passed. The Supreme Court requirement that major policy changes must pass Congress leads us to another reason why we are paying our final respects to the Green New Deal. There is very little chance of resurrecting the Green New Deal before the November election, and if the current polls are anywhere near accurate there's even a slimmer chance afterwards. That means if you're going to make any progress on your wacky, twisted, sick environmental agenda, you're going to have to sit down with Republicans and try to find some common ground. And that would be a tall order. If you really think the environment is that important, why don't you call Joe Biden and ask him why he has flip-flopped, like a flip-flop, on every issue since taking office? Mr. Biden stopped production of energy. He shut down the Keystone pipeline and you guys all cheered. Now that you're having to pay five, six, eight, nine dollars a gallon at the pumps, you poor environmental people are freaking out because you can't afford an electric car that does not have a track record of success yet, that does not have the range, that does not have the charging capability network in place. You are the ones stuck riding your bicycles and that's difficult to do unless you're in some inner city. If you think the environment is that important, maybe you should try and do it the way the framers of our constitution envisioned. Rely on the legislative branch instead of the judicial branch to make your laws. Merrill Matthews, thank you for that contribution to the truth hurts program. The white house is defending pressure that they're putting against gas station owners. The White House is not shying away from its conflict with Amazon founder Jeff Bezos over gas prices. Bezos accused the White House last weekend of engaging in misdirection and misunderstanding of basic market dynamics after gropey Joe Biden incorrectly criticized retailers, such as mom-and-pop gas stations, for holding on to a national average price near $5 per gallon, despite crude oil trading right around 100 bucks per barrel. We completely disagree with Jeff Bezos. We will continue to call on everyone along that distribution chain, from oil companies to refineries to distributors to retailers, to pass their lower costs through to the consumers. That is important, Corrine Jean-Pierre told reporters. Consumers should not be the first to pay and the last to benefit, but I guess it's not surprising that you think oil and gas companies using market power to reap record profits at the expense of the American people is the way our economy is supposed to work, she said. Bezos' tweet said, Inflation is far too important a problem for the White House to keep making statements like this. It's either straight ahead misdirection or a deep misunderstanding of basic market dynamics. And he, Bezos, is a whole lot smarter than gropey Joe Biden. Washington Examiner says 88% of the U.S. says that we are on the wrong track and that Biden is not helping. Americans struggling to make ends meet have soared double digits and most blame Washington and President Joe Biden according to the latest poll socking the liberals agenda just months before the midterm congressional elections. In a survey full of depressing firsts, the headline from the new Monmouth University poll found that a record 88% believe the country is headed in the wrong direction, and that is the worst on record. Monmouth said this marks an all-time low for this question going all the way back to 2013. The prior record low was recorded in May of this year at 18% right direction, 79 wrong track. Hit by high gas prices, increasing inflation, the recent doubling of mortgage interest rates, Wage cuts, cuts in savings. More Americans say they're having difficulty surviving economically. The poll analysis said the number of Americans who are financially struggling has increased by double digits in the past year as inflation and gas prices top the list of problems faced by the nation's families. More than 42% of Americans say they are struggling to remain where they are financially. This is the first time since Monmouth started asking questions that the number topped 3 in 10. The range in prior polls was 20 to 29 percent. And in another historic high, the poll says 57 percent of Americans claim the federal government's actions have hurt their family. The current poll marks the first time this sentiment is in the majority. The results indicate little optimism about the future. Only 23 percent expect that future government actions over the next few years will improve their family's top concern, inflation. 45 percent say it will hurt them. One year ago, it was flipped. The survey asked what issues are most important. Inflation was tops at 33%, gasoline prices at 15%. Well, inflation, which includes gasoline prices, puts that number at 48%. Way down at 5% was abortion rights, and down at 3% guns. As for Biden, a majority say he's not helping the middle class, failing on a key campaign promise. His approval rate has now dropped to 36% in our nation. It's hard to believe results could be worse for Biden and Democrats, but I think it's still going to be worse even next month as high inflation, high interest rates, a looming recession, a massive crime wave, a failure at the southern border, and a massive failure of our foreign policy, along with all of the Biden crime family issues that are finally starting to creep to the top, come to light. I think it's going to be a massive red wave in November, and I think Biden should resign with his head held low because he has absolutely nothing to be proud of as he continues destroying America from within. That, my friends, is all the time I have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. I do apologize for running over time, but you know you might be stuck in traffic and the extra three or four minutes. It ain't gonna kill you. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing.